We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. John back, drops and drops back. Throws an arching pass upfield. Reggie Townsfield gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, the former Los Angeles Rams defensive back. I bet you were wanting to play that game. Yes, a defensive war for the Rams. Yes, I it was. I bet you just would love to have been there. This is Michael Stewart. Mike, 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 how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. And uh, just looking forward to getting to our Ram win, along with some of the other NFL goings on. So, man, it's been a been a good weekend. Been a good weekend. It's looking like it could get better for me if Ohio State wins tomorrow. I'm just saying. I mean, it's going to be a nice weekend. Yes. If I can annoy some of my Steeler fan family members, too, by Browns winning, oh, my gosh, that would be great. So, this could be a good weekend overall. But the Rams, the Rams, 30-20 winners. A game that I didn't see that coming. I thought it'd be like a 17-14 game. Some things we knew. We knew some things the Rams had to happen. They had to control the clock. They had to keep the running game somewhat at least somewhat in check. They had to make sure they got off to Russell Wilson. So there was things that we knew they had to do just based on our first two games with them. But first things first, what were your initial thoughts as they pulled this game out? Man, initial thoughts were just... Could have gone a lot, a lot of different ways. You know, you had Walford going in there, showing some early control of, of, of the situation as best it could. And, you know, he takes a big hit from uh, Mr. Adams. And so he had to leave the game, obviously. And then there's a lot of concern. You know, you have a guy that's just coming off surgery. Obviously, Jared had been the starter. So you're not worried about a guy coming in or not knowing how to run the office and things like that. But one of my big concerns, having had a 
surgery on my thumb that wasn't even my throwing hand, uh, just how is this guy going to be able to throw a football, you know, with three new pins in his thumb and, you know, he's able to pull it off. So was excited about just the ability to take adversity, overcome and come out with a win. I, I agree. I thought that was a, a fascinating game. A lot of things going on, a lot of dynamics that really could have gone a, a several different ways. There are some things I want to point out about that game that aren't really Rams related, but Seahawks related. Yes. I didn't realize this until tonight. I was on doing a little bit of uh, moving through on Twitter a little bit here, and I saw a, a quote by a Dallas Cowboys writer that noted that the Seahawks have not been past the divisional playoff round since their Super Bowl loss a few years back. And I was like, you know, wow, that's right. And he says that's just, his argument was, well, this is just, this is just the way of the NFL. It just shows you how tough it is to win the NFL. Absolutely. You, but Mike, the thing is, when I think of all the talent that's gone through Seattle, who their quarterback has been, who their coach has been throughout this entire process, I somewhat disagree. I respectfully disagree. Not by this massive thing. I know how hard it is to win in the NFL. And I know you know because you did it. But to, for you to be the pretty much the power team in this division, because the Four have been somewhat good, the Rams have been somewhat good during the last decade, you know, the Cardinals, all those three, those, those are the three teams have been up and down. But the best team in the division the entire time, overall, not I'm not I'm not saying in, but in terms of continuity, has been Seattle. All the talent they've had go through their Legion of Boom, Bobby, Bobby Wagner. I mean, it's a lot of talent, and yet since then they haven't gotten past the initial playoff. That would be a little disappointing to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be uh, huge in disappointment. Uh, but when you look at even the Bills, I think they hadn't been playoffs since 02, since the Tennessee throwback miracle, whenever that happened. So you look at a team who had gone to four straight Super Bowls, uh, how hard is that to do? And then to be on the brink of another one, only to first time in a gazillion years, it would seem to get back in the playoffs. So. These things are, are interesting on how much is a hangover. I mean, we look at our own Rams and, you know, here we are. At least we're in the hunt. But mm -hmm. again, you, you think that, uh, you know, we were there and she would have been right back there. And then it's been it's been a little tough sledding getting back here. So but again, we're in a new season and all you can ask for is getting in the hunt. We're down. Uh, we're through uh, round one, if you will. And now it's on to see who's going to win this game between the Saints and the Bears. And that's fair. And listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to to you know diss the Seahawks. I'm not or, or diss the idea that winning is hard. What I'm saying is that I one I would say the same thing about the Rams if they continue to win like this over the next couple of years and they never get back to Super Bowl. I mean, I would. You you would think that Barb's rage. You talked about the Bills. The Bills they haven't been back. I think since the same miracle that was the same. That was the same year the Rams went to Super Bowl. Right. Super Bowl thirty four. That was 1999. Right. 2000, January 2000. 2000, and yeah, yeah. So when their expectations were they suck every year, is different than being expected to be good every year and be a contender every year. For me, for me, the Seahawks once they built that core and they stayed decent, like they didn't go three and thirteen one year and drop to rebuild. They just kept winning. They kept competing. So that bar doesn't drop. Like, it's been a consistent, you expect the Seahawks to be a contender every year. But they just haven't looked the same come playoff time. And yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. And, and if you look at it overall, though, uh, I mean, they lost a lot of their swagger from, from guys, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, what's the big defensive lineman that was there, you know, along with the safeties no longer in the league. Camp Chancellor. Uh, and Camp Chance. And then uh, uh, what's the guy who went to Baltimore? Safety. Earl Thomas. When they that lost a lot of their swagger, though they have been in the hunt and got back, you, you're still talking about, you know, trying to rebound with somewhat new guys the following years and so on and so forth. Saying that, uh, obviously, you know, we're going to pull. I'm going to pull for my Rams. But I definitely thought Seattle it would have been a tougher go 
And I know we're we'll get into it as far as the defense just seemed like they manhandled the, the Hawks offense. Uh, but yeah, to your point, you figure they, they have a lot of good things working to their advantage. But I think uh, case in point, in this situation, there was no 12th man available. And that to me is a factor. And another thing I brought up during our preview podcast with Michael, uh, Mike Dugar from the Athletic Seattle, the fact that it wasn't a night game either. So in the winter in yes. Seattle, it's going to be colder. It, it's, and we, this, is a, this is a Cali team. This is a team that hasn't really seen much cold all year. Right. You got to think it would affect them with, with a quarterback who's, who got pushed into the game in the first quarter coming off thumb surgery like 12 right. days ago. Right. I mean, I think that's. I, I would have thought this would have been a game that should have had all the advantages, but for some reason they put Washington and, and Tampa for the, the primetime game. They don't have fans there, but the Rams still were the road team. They were still a team that lost there a couple weeks ago, 28-9, and they came out there and did the job. So they did. It, we're on the we're on the Green Bay or or a Tampa right now. And by the way, by the way, it's as we're recording this, it won't matter by the time you hear, but as we're recording it, it is. 21 to 3 Saints over the Bears. That's that man, that Saints defense is something. So it looks like we're on our way to Green Bay. Okay. So all that in mind, all that in mind, really quick, want to ask y'all to head over to Apple Music, leave a review. Anywhere you listen to us on, on the web, anywhere you listen to us on the podcast, please leave a review. We really appreciate it. Subscribe. All that stuff helps our numbers, helps us move up charts. It really gives us a boost. Okay. All right, before we move on, just want to talk about our sponsor, my bookie. Too much of anything is bad, but too much sports is barely enough. With that in mind, say hello to the new year for an expanded NFL playoffs, the BCS championship games, return of the NBA, the NHL. This is truly a great month to be a sports fan. So I always tell people to head on over to my bookie if they want to add a little excitement to the sports they love and the games they bet. We here at Rams Talk Radio don't use my bookie because some corporate overlord told us to. We use them because they are the best. They'll hook you up with a 50% discount bonus up to a thousand bucks when you sign up. And they'll keep the good times rolling giveaways, free bets, and huge contests all year long. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code RAMSTALK, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Here to my bookie today and start off the year 2021 on the right foot. This year, bet with the best. My bookie. And finally, also, we here at Blue Wire have a program as well we want to quickly tell you about. And that is Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the very next level. And if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of our program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue, with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And they got lots of them, lots of tricks. On top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all those places. And the best part is only 15 bucks a month. Same rate as any other hosting site would charge you, just the initial setup. And also, I can tell you this. We recently got our logo redone. I got to tell you, it's looking good. It's looking good. Mike hasn't seen it yet. He's about to. But he'll like it, I promise. So whether you're starting from scratch or have a new existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. Apply at bwhustle.com forward slash join. And check out our description box for the episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right. So I'm actually, you know, just live the podcast. Let's make sure that Mike sees this, this wonderful, wonderful link here. Here we go again. I post the link in there for him to see. Mike, when I click that open, see if he likes it. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you, you like it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that looks real nice. Real nice. So we got ourselves a new, a new logo coming out soon. I hope you all like it. Okay, in the meantime, let's talk about this game. Stats. The stats are, I think, fascinating. Team stats-wise, Rams 16 first downs, Seahawks 11, 71 total plays of 57. They struggle on, everybody struggled on third down. 3 for 15 for the Rams, 2 for 14 for the Seahawks, 333 yards total, total yards for the Rams, 278 for the Seahawks, 4.7 yards per play for the Rams, 4.9 for the Seahawks, passing 169. 142. Russell Wilson got 140 yards for his offense. Why 142? We're about to tell you. Okay, but it wasn't pretty. Rushing, though. Rams, 164 yards rushing, 136 for Seattle. Penalties, 
We've been on the Rams quite a bit about their dumb penalties of late. Only two for 15. Seahawks, nine for 60 at home with two turnovers. Now you know why the Rams won this game. High position, 33 minutes and 39 seconds, which also with a, also with a defensive TD, 26-21 for the Seahawks. This game was 30-13 at one point, so it was actually, it wasn't even as close as it finished. Got a quick mop-up touchdown late. Man, I can't even say enough about how this defense played. Real quick key, I want to go through all the personal stats. We don't want to be here all day long. But key ones, Jared Goff, 9 of 19 for 155. 8.2 per throw in per uh, reception. 3.6, 3 for 6 for John Wolfer for 29 yards. Rams are sacked three times in the game. Russell Wilson on the other side, 11 for 27, 174. Two touchdowns, one interception, five sacks. Five sacks. His QBR was 17.7 in the game. Mike, 17.7. Yeah, yeah, that's Jeez. tough. We noted that Seahawks had 136 yards rushing, but 50 of that were on Russell Wilson, 23 on one play. Their main carrier, 16 for 77, was, was Chris Carson. Cam Akers, though, 28 carries, 131 yards, 4.7 a carry. He pretty much carried the load. Malcolm Brown, nine carries. This is what you and I have been talking about. This reminds yes. me a lot of those 80s Rams. Yes. 43 carries for the Rams for 164. 43. Cooper Cup, four catches, 74, 78 yards. DK Metcalf had five for 96 or two touchdowns. When Jalen Ramsey was on him, he was stuffed. So, geez, I wish the Rams would have kept Ramsey on him the whole game. But that's pretty much it. Lean tackle for the game. Bobby Wagner for the Seahawks with 16 tackles. Jordan Fuller was seven for the Rams. Sacks, two for Aaron Donald, two for Leonard Floyd, one for Morgan Fox. Nice day in the office. Defense, dominant. And hats off to Darius Wins with the interception return for touchdown. Okay, there's all the numbers. All of them. <laughs> Mike, what do you take from it? Man, what I take for it is the uh, Ram defense was ready to play. They played like, we owe you guys one, and we're going to let you know why. And they started from snap one, and they didn't let up till the final whistle, as they say. And so, again, when you have a defense that's coming out to play, you don't have to do a whole lot offensively except don't turn the ball over. We did a good job of that. We got turnovers on defense, stopped them when they had to. I think at one time they were like 211 or something like that on third down, something just as monstrous. So when you're getting off the field on third down defense and the opposing offense is getting sent off the field as well, that's a great day. Obviously, gives your offense a lot more opportunity to take the ball down, score, get field goals, whatever needs to happen, burn clock, all those good things. And yesterday was a great example of how a good defense mixed in with a good running game, mixed in with low penalties on your side, mixed in with make plays when you're supposed to, you can come out with a pretty dominant win. Key now is, can you keep it going? Can they? And they're going to play a much more together team at this point. Next, If they got the package, which it looks like right now, they're going to. There's seven minutes left in the game over there in New Orleans. So the package will be off a week. They'll be, they'll be healthy. They'll be, at that point, I think, adjusted to their loss of their left tackle. And it's expected to be 25 degrees next Saturday. Low of 18. Heaven forbid that be an 8 o'clock game at night. Holy crap. Oh boy, that that will not be fun. So, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it reminds me of the uh, the Rams Giants division playoff game you were in years yes. ago. How cold it was there. Yeah, but it was it wasn't you know the coldest game was in Green Bay, but it was like minus fifteen, minus sixteen windshield. So at twenty eight degrees, hey, that's that's good, Chris. Hitting weather, so. They'll be fine, uh, but man, once it starts getting down in them, those teens and below teens, yeah, that's a whole different environment. I'm hoping for a four o'clock start. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah. But which matchup is more interesting to you? The Saints playing the Bucks, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Is that more the matchup you want for primetime game, or is Rams Packers more of a primetime game matchup you want? You well, I think the fact that 
just because it's Tom Brady, they're probably going to throw him on. But legitimately, you would say Aaron Rodgers should get the nod for what he's done this year, you know, with a new coach and still, you know, a number of young players. You would think he would get the nod along with us because who would want to see if this defense can shut down the great Aaron Rodgers again? But I'm going to just assume for sentimental value, Tom Brady may get the nod. I mean, he got the nod this week for primetime. I'd say this, though, too. It's not just about Sean McVay. Sorry, it's not just, it is about Sean McVay, too, and Matt, Matt LaFleur. Right. Let me say that again. This is not just about the stars on the field. This is Matt LaFleur. Versus Sean McVay. Right. I mean, Matt LaFleur coaching under Sean McVay, a protege. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would be thinking about that as well. I'd be thinking, that's an interesting matchup. But yeah, two Hall of Famers facing off in the playoffs. You never know if this is the last time they'll meet. Right. So that's what I mean. You know, you got all this hyperbole on the what ifs. And they even talked about a little bit today about Drew Brees, probably this being the last hurrah. Uh, again, who knows? Obviously, Tom Brady, he's on like a different level of missions. He's a type of guy that if he doesn't make it, he's going to come back because he's determined to prove he is whatever he's trying to prove. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see how they actually and who they decide. But I, I would say uh Packer Rams game would be pretty prime time worthy giving everything that's at stake right now. I would I would say this too as well. In terms of matchups, I definitely want the Rams playing the Packers in sunlight. I just want to point that out. I would yeah. have loved I love seeing my team featured in primetime but if it involves a road game in the cold, I want that in sunlight. Yeah, because if nothing else, the sunlight at least makes you feel like it's warmer than if it's cold in the night and you can see, you know, the smoke of your breath. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's how I hope it works. 21-3 now and the, the Saints are driving, so let's just assume it is the Packers. Okay, a couple more things about this game as well. John Wolford hurt early, hurt pretty early on a suspect hit. It was originally called a penalty. And then the flag was picked up. Did you believe that was a penalty? Not at all. Me and uh, a couple of people we were texting back and forth and watching. And and my thing is, and again, maybe I'm I'm biased to a defensive thing. I call that the uh, let you know hit. Let you know, don't run the ball. Get out early where I don't even have to come in. But again, it's a bang bang play. The thing is, John, he didn't slide. He really didn't have time to slide. And so he just tried to get down. Now you would have think someone secondary wise, you know, you don't maybe want to even get close. You probably go over the top of him. But at the same time, uh, if you're going to send a little bit of a message like, hey, guy, make sure you if you see me coming, get out early. So uh, and I would imagine they've looked at film and they saw how he <laughs> Wolford was running all over everybody last week. And so uh, you could tell, though, that the coaches had told him because he slid and did some different things that he didn't do last week. And they probably like, hey, man, we can't get you knocked out. And yet he still got knocked out of the game. So very interesting. But I would say ultimately, uh, I'm probably going to be biased being a defender, but bang, bang, play. Uh, but at the same time, you may give a guy a, a pass and say, go over the top of him and still say, hey, man. That was just to let you know, go over the top of you without hitting you. But it's interesting how, you know, the Rams were able to, uh, you know, bounce back because initially it didn't look so good. You know, Jared came in, took a couple sacks. didn't look like it's like, oh, man, here we go. And then, you know, the defense just kept stepping it up. And next thing you know, Jared found his rhythm and we were off and running. You know, and it was obvious too. One, they showed that I don't know if you remember that camera going over to Jared Goff in the sideline. You saw him kind of look, having his two thumbs up, and yeah, yeah. And the one is like, holy crap! It's like swollen the size of right, right. <laughs> but and it was obvious, like there he had some nice throws of the game, but it was also obvious that it wasn't right when he couldn't make some throws. I mean, right. Jared doesn't always have a tight spiral, anyways. Right, but. There were some times when you just knew he wasn't there. It wasn't there. It wasn't ready yet. But 
as hard as we have been on at him on him at times this season, mm-hmm. we need to be fair as well when he does the right thing. And I, I just, well, for example, I saw today in Facebook that we had some people still hammering Jared Goff. Nine for 19, 155. <laughs> Dude, this is 12 days after surgery. It's a very good defense. In a playoff game on the road, coming off the bench, he gets this team in position to win the game, and you are gonna you're gonna go at him. Are you well, serious? As as you're saying, the truth is again, that's what I think gets a little bit left out in regards to seeing these guys have surgery at that level and then they're back playing. There's an assumption that it wasn't surgery. No, a guy went to sleep under medication. Mm-hmm. Was woken up. They had to check and see, hey, can you feel your thumb? Uh, Yeah, I think so. And so when you look at it, you're talking about playing in the NFL. You're not playing in a little pickup game. You're talking about at a high level against real dudes. And so truth be known, as you're saying, yeah, this dude, and I'm guaranteeing you, they weren't wasting any throws in practice last week. Now, they made a total public. Yeah, he's throwing in practice. No, they're not wasting a bunch of throws knowing that if he had to play, they're going to need every throw for the game. So my assumption is he didn't get a lot of reps during the week getting ready to even think about going in the game uh, yesterday. So the question to me for you, Derek, is who's the backup next week? (sighs) Blake Bortles or Wolford? Well, I mean, obviously, you think golf plays starts? Oh, yeah. I think they're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're, so I was just going to say before you said, because you kind of caught me off guard, you said Bortles or Wolford. Um, well, one, isn't it crazy that a former top five draft pick, Blake Bortles, got pulled off the Denver Broncos practice squad to be the backup, and he wasn't even active yesterday, but yet John Wolford. John Wolford was the starter, and we've had a quarterback debate all week. That's bananas to me, by the way. Um, yeah. But I was, when you started asking that question, I was thinking, are you talking about between Wolford and Goff? I hate to say this, but if Goff's thumb is good enough, he earned the start. And well, so this goes to back me, to Wolford we, is the, the backup. Yeah, you would think, right? But. Again, how much trust do they really have in Wolford? I think he's he's earned it, no doubt. But also, you know, you'll have a sentiment out there that says, oh, well, you know, anybody can play good for one game, you know. But I'm looking at a guy named Mr. Haskins from the Washington football team, and I'm looking at the guy who was in there for him, and I'm going, Okay, now that's how you go in a game and play. You you get in there, you make throws, you make plays, and so again, about that, Alex Smith or the guy who plays Alex Smith? Yeah, no, the guy who is it? Heineke, Heineke, yeah, Heineke, uh, yeah, him. You know, here's a guy comes out of somewhat nowhere, and you know he goes in there, he's making plays like legit. It has a chance for those guys. Taxi win, it looks like he might have separated his left shoulder when he dove for that that end zone pylon. Uh, but he gutted out the rest of the game and, and tried to do what he could to help his team be there. And you go like, okay, Haskins had been in the organization, or at least the league, at two years. Like, how come he wasn't playing like that? So when I look at Walford, a guy who obviously has been practicing hard, watching, when he got his chance, he's like, I'm not looking back. And so, yeah, but I think this, the old adage of, you know, Jared was a starter. You technically shouldn't lose your starting position because of injury, but definitely didn't think he was ready to start this week. No way, no how. And I think Walford earned a start, which he did. And obviously, had he not gotten knocked out, you know, who knows what the game would have been. I think we still would have come out on the winning side. but. When a guy goes in and did like Walford did the week before, showed up, 
Jared Goff showed up and said, hey, man, guys, I'm back in a sense. Then you pretty much got to give that guy the nod for the next week. He earned it. Well, I mean, and there's no way to know. We um, McVeigh noted yesterday in the press where he thinks that Wolford's injury is a stinger and that it looks like he'll try in the positive direction quote. Looks like he's taking a positive direction. They'll know the next day or so, but yeah, a stinger is it, no it's, joke either. It, it, a stinger, no. They're not taking you to the hospital, no ambulance, but for a stinger, no. It, oh, it's, it's more for, quote, precautionary measures. Yeah, no. <laughs> precautionary measure stinger is like, yeah, I can move my neck. I'm good. But obviously, when they're recommending, nah, man, we need to go to the hospital because they have certain x-ray things at, on site that they can take, you know, general x-rays. Obviously, they're not MRIs. But when you're going to the hospital, nah, they think it's a little more than that unless they thought he had you know, a severe concussion that warranted that. So, well, that's what it looks. Listen, you and I, we, you play, you coach. I, I did coach. I've been involved in the game for a long time. Yeah. When I saw the hit and I saw him roll over and I saw the look on his face. Right. Come on. Come on. You know. Yeah. You know. I'm like, oh, he got knocked out for sure. And then it was like, at least for at least for a hot second. For a hot second. Yeah. For, and then for it a hot was second, like, John Wolford left the building. He did. And then, uh, (laughs) you know, they were like kind of messing with his neck. And when he got up and was walking off, you could kind of see that glassy eyed look. And then when they're taking you to the locker room, they didn't take him to the tent or maybe they did initially. But when I heard they took him by ambulance to the hospital, I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a whole nother thing. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, hopefully it's a stinger, but. Just my experience, they can determine stingers from something that they think that you need to go get a more detailed look at. So that's just kind of my personal opinion. I would think so. I mean, given the fact that you have a guy with a, a surgically repaired thumb right. in the game right now and you have nobody else. Nobody else. I was thinking I like, mean, okay, what if he twisted his ankle like? They got to have, like, would Cooper Cup go play? Uh, Johnny Decker or? is your emergency quarterback. Oh, so he probably would go yeah. play it. Yeah. Cam Akers was a quarterback going in, going, recruited for in college. And then, That's of course, true. you know, you have Cooper Cup. Those are emergency quarterbacks. but Yeah, so maybe Wildcat and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh. So, I mean, hey, but Corey McVay, quote, must be good because he was in the locker room smiling, looking good. And that was after the game. So, at the presser, we'll see. I just think that in terms of quarterback, I think Goff earned his place yesterday. The numbers weren't pretty, but, you know, we've been all over Jared Goff about leadership, about um, about preparation, about not making mistakes, about a lot of things. And the numbers don't show it. But Jared Goff led that team yesterday. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's all of a sudden his issues are fixed. I'm not saying that. But this is actually what frustrates me the most about Jared Goff is that Jared Goff will flash these qualities to you. You've talked about how he's not really a rah-rah guy, and that can be a detriment, right? But fine. But when you come out there and you command the huddle and you don't make mistakes and you make some smart plays and you lead them just enough to get them through, sometimes it's all you need. He made a couple of really nice plays that swing out to Cam Akers. Yes. I mean, how many times have we complained about him not stepping up and finding room to make a throw? He did exactly that, he, and he stayed behind the line, didn't get the penalty, great play. He ended up playing on the outside as well, that he snuck right in there, I think it was on Cooper Cup, and those are things we know Goff can do, and they did take a shot downfield. It wasn't a great, it was not a great throw by any sort of imagination. You could definitely tell his thumb affected him there, but they took the shot anyways, and Cooper Cup went and got it again. Goff has his problems, but every once in a while, Mike, he shows you there's something there. And then some, that's what makes him so frustrating sometimes is that you know it's there, but why can't it ever be there consistently? Well, I think we're, we're going find to find out here next week. Uh, one of the things they pointed out about Mitchell Trubisky going to the bench when Foles went in and didn't do so well and he got a chance to get back in was the fact that he was being a baby about it early on. Then he grew into, okay, well, this is my plight right now. At least let me be a good teammate. And once he got a shot again, he actually played better and they're in the playoffs. So 
you look at this situation with golf, my thing with with the numbers, man, I, I can kind of care less about the numbers at the end of the day. It's about the wins. And to your point, are you making the right plays when you need them? It doesn't matter if you threw for 400 yards and you lose. I would rather you throw for 80 yards and you win, you know, because you've made the right decisions at the right time in the right place. One of those plays that you spoke of is when he kind of moved up in the pocket, did something, and he just kind of dumped it to Cam and let him go to work. Boom. The other thing is McVay, I don't know, it seems like because Jared's not calling, they're not calling their own plays like a Joe Montana and Dan Moreno and those guys got a chance to, uh, Jim Kelly's of the world and even Tom Brady's. Uh, so it's just odd when you break off a run for eight yards, you break off another run, get a first down, and then the next three plays, you just throw the ball with an empty backfield. Okay, Sean McVay, what are you doing? You're not fooling anyone. Once you go empty with a quarterback who's not a running quarterback, everybody knows, well, it's definitely pass. And then it becomes, well, who's he really throwing to? The back out wide? No, cancel him. The tight end, maybe on a late drag, but that's going to be underneath. So you can now double a guy here, double a guy there. But once he went back to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, boom, now we did play action down to the goal line. The guy is wide open. That's how it's supposed to work. So I would just like to see Coach McVay, which now makes me more interested to see him go up against a young buck in, in Green Bay to see who just actually calls a better game offensively. And right now, you you have one of the better quarterbacks in the game against a quarterback who is coming off surgery, who's had some struggles. You have a deep threat on that Packer offense. You've got all kinds of playmakers. They're missing their left tackle. We've got ours back. Defensively, though, the Packers aren't perfect by right. any sort of imagination. They've had their issues this year, but they've played well. Like This is probably is the best team in the NFC going in the playoffs, and they earned the number one seed for a reason. I am very interested in seeing how they perform. The Saints, by the way, played well too coming on a stretch. And the Saints finishing strong at 12 and 4. Their defense, even better than Green Bay's, stifling the Bears, by the way. I mean, it's those two teams in the NFC team are the NFC in the NFC right now are the teams to beat, but you know, that Rams defense keeps them in every game. If the offense can do what we know they're capable of, things change. The Rams gave a 296 points this year. To lead the league in points allowed, 296. Mm -hmm. You look at Green Bay gave up 369, Tampa Bay 337. The difference, offense. And I, I hate saying that when it comes to the Rams. This is a team that two years ago had one of the best offenses in the league. It's yeah, yeah. And but again, you know, we keep going back to, or at least me, you know, once you get in the playoffs, it's truly a different season, if you will. Now, just remember this, Derek, as much as we would say, yeah, Green Bay is a formidable opponent. The fact is the Rams are doing what they normally do. Remember, they came back after that layoff. And, well, they played on a Monday and then they had a Thursday night game. Anyway, it was a bunch of extra days in there. And then we just went out there and lost to uh, who do we lose to? down the stretch the jets uh, the jets the dolphins the jets <laughs> the jets the jets when we had them extra days and we're like okay what were these guys doing did they not practice did they well now we're in our normal rhythm normal work week normal day normal days off normal getting prepared green bay you go yeah man we need those extra days off but i guarantee you it takes true maturity in the team and what you do to try to keep the rhythm that whatever you had we already know where we are we kind of know where our strengths and weaknesses are if you're going to play us right now you're going to have to beat the defense okay are you going to be able to do that well no now aaron donald got banged up it seems in the fourth quarter now if he's not at full tilt Maybe, but because we've seen so many other guys now making plays, we're not so much worried if Aaron is at top because we got other guys who are actually making plays. So my thing is, 
I think we have, even though we're going there, somewhat of an advantage because we're going to be in our normal work week. Green Bay has now had these extra days off, and sometimes that just throws you out of rhythm. So this might be a great opportunity for us. I think some people forget that this team is the youngest team in the league. And young teams do, I mean, they, they behave like young teams. It's weird because they've been, they've won, they've had wins since four straight years. This is their third playoff appearance in four years. But this was a major offseason overhaul. And the Rams entrusted a lot of their young draft picks with important spots. And for the most part, they've reacted. But with experience comes maturity. These players are still getting used to being not just NFL players, but in some cases, NFL starters. And the truth is, until we see a lot of this roster get a little bit more under its belt, they're, they're going to, I mean, they're, they're going to be inconsistent. And a lot of times you see the evidence in getting themselves up for teams like the Jets. Yeah, but I think I think now though, because in all case in point, you have 16, 17 games now under your belt. And so for a guy like myself who only was able to start, you know, played a lot of nickel, but started like four games as a rookie, yeah, there's a little bit difference. But once you actually get in there from beginning to get in of a game and you're the starter and you're playing throughout the game and then you start the next week well you you get the the ribbon and and you kind of oh i'm a rookie that kind of goes out the window at least in your mind now do you got a lot of stuff to learn about you know sets and and the playoffs because it ramps up every week absolutely when we went to green bay my second year for the playoff game and it was like Oh, yeah, this atmosphere is totally different than the regular mm-hmm. season. So, yes, you get up for that. The thing is, we got a COVID environment, so they're playing in these environments that they have to bring some of the emotion to the table themselves. But because they've been doing it now for 16, 17 weeks, uh, counting this last playoff game, you have to say they understand what it is to now go out and play a game. Now. In Green Bay, are they going to have any fans in their stands? I'm not sure. I mean, I would think they're going to have some. I'm not sure what's going to be next weekend. Yeah, I would think that they're somehow they're going to try to get some a few fans in there if it's ten thousand. You know, spread out, you guys. But I would think for the playoffs, they'll somehow figure out how to get some stands fans in there. Uh, but man, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm just kind of. You know, as I think about it, you know, we're going to be in our normal again. I'm being redundant uh, work week. So I think we can catch a team like Green Bay a little off guard because just like Jared Goff, you could see even, you know, having surgery. And but you miss a couple of days. You saw that with Alpha and Kamara being in there, kind of missing handoffs. The timing just isn't the same. You know, it takes you a little bit to get going. So that being the case. You get up on a team, 10 nothing, 14 nothing, and you're now making them play behind where now we can just send the dogs, pin your ears back because they got to throw the ball, Aaron Rodgers. It makes for a different game. So that's when you start getting turnovers. And, and I think we saw that. Not I think that's what happened to Seattle. Once it started getting down to where they had to just really start throwing, you know, you could double DK, you could send the dogs, and Russell just didn't have much room to run, and we just look like lights out. So that's what I'm looking forward to coming up here in a few days. I'm looking forward to a whole other weekend of football, so I'm looking forward to. All right, so, <laughs> I mean, a couple of things here. Aaron Donald's injury. Yeah. Rams played pretty well without him. Then, you know, big sacks from William Floyd. and um. Sorry, Leonard Floyd. Why did I say William Floyd? Leonard Floyd and Morgan Fox, they put their nice little drive stopper at the end, making sure yes. this game is sealed up and win for them. But Aaron Donald is the heart, along with Jalen Ramsey. This whole defense right now is built around these two guys. They make things happen a certain way. The injury to Donald, if 
it affects. I mean, I think it, it, how can it not? They're, if you're hurting your ribs, I mean, it's not like you can just sit still all week and let them things heal. No, and it's not like you're not in the trenches where you got to get banged up, you know, trying to split blocks and different things. And, you know, as crazy as it may be, if, 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 if the O-line on Green Bay, like, oh, his ribs? Oh, well, we'll slow him down, you know. So that's just the nature of the game because when you look at Aaron Donald, you look at him over these last couple of weeks and now to the playoffs, this dude looks like a whole different guy. However, they're structuring the defense or something. This dude is now literally getting off. And if you just got two guys on him, he's going to make a play. You don't have to put three guys, four guys, because you put one or two guys, he's going to beat those guys. And he showed that he could do it on a consistent basis. And again, now you're seeing the other guys, you know, Leonard Floyd now has been here now and he's getting loose and, you know, uh, readers you know making plays in the middle and so it's it's just you know and what happens is it gets contagious everybody wants to be in the film room on today you know today or monday whenever they watch films and go yeah look at me i made a play too so that stuff gets contagious and that's what it looks like the, the defense is playing with that type of emotion and that's kind of what young guys bring to the table too Sometimes you just don't know any better. You're just playing hustle, hustle man football, and you're trying to make plays. Well, they did this past weekend. The Rams did make some plays. They pulled off the Sturry 20 win. It was a classic Rams-Seahawks matchup where hard-hitting, emotional, uh, great storylines. In the end, they get the road to win. They have to go again to the road because right now it's the Packers. The Saints have beaten the Bears. And, uh, man, there's one more thing we want to talk about before we go. This is totally not Rams related. But we were podcasting at the time, and we didn't get a chance to go around it. But Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson's in a little bit of a jam. Yeah. It's a little bit of a jam. They are, they, they, they have, in my view, the Eagles have underperformed since their Super Bowl victory. They were absolutely horrid this year. They benched Jalen Hurts in a competitive game with the division on the line. And that was a decision that came from Peterson. The players wanted to go for the win. A week later, we're getting reports that Peterson's job's in jeopardy. And... Of course, we have fans defending the organization online, Eagles fans, because Eagles fans are Eagles fans. And their <laughs> point of view is, you know, well, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh lost on purpose too. That's the actual excuse that I heard. Well, you know, once you go to, well, this what they did, this what we didn't do or we should have done. Then you already know you're going up the wrong tree, if you will. Uh, the thing with, with, with Coach Peterson and, again, a former team of mine in Miami, uh, he put himself, as you say, in a real jam. Because on one hand, you go, hey, Coach, what are you doing? The other hand, you go, man, he couldn't have made that decision on his own. That had to come from somewhere else. So you got that. Then you have, okay, well, if he's not really making decisions, then what are we doing? And then if he is making the decisions, what are you doing, coach? And when you have so-called uh, rumor mill saying guys on the sideline were heated to the point, they were being restrained, and then other said, nah, that didn't really happen. Now, I know you know what happens is emotions, emotions run high. We saw that with DK Metcalf thinking he wasn't getting the ball enough. and to that situation, I know I'm kind of going around it. Uh, they tried to force the ball to DK Metcalf, and our defender was right there, ate that up, touchdown at the way. So the thing is, in this game, you can't try to force it. This thing with Jalen Hurts, it was obvious they're trying to beat a rival team just to go out on a winning note. And when you say, well, I think the guy's been here for four years and deserved a chance to play. Okay, he's been there four years. 
He could have did that any other game. Why would you do that in a game you're about to maybe win? So when he said that, that just kind of goes, okay, man, you're either just telling us stories or that wasn't your calling. That's what you're saying just to take the heat. But we'll see if the owner says, yeah, I got to let you go or he keeps him on. That's that's just my take on it. I just but I don't know how he, he kind of gets back the locker room because you still have Carson Wentz. Is he going to be there? If not now, if you're the second guy, Jalen Hurts, and you're actually in there doing pretty good and it's looking like, well, yeah, man, I, I think I deserve a chance. Like, how do you look him in the eye? And then for the guy you put in, did he get put in really with a chance to do anything positive? Well, heck no. So does it look like, what does that mean? So, yeah, it's just a mess. And it, it is. And uh, you just don't, one, the whole of I have to evaluate, evaluate players things on the fly because Jalen Hurts is something you need to evaluate. Come on, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to decide what you're going to do with Carson Wentz. You know yes. what you have right. in your backup has been there for a gajillion years. Right. You're still figuring out what you got in Jalen Hurts. In right. a game for a division title, you know the Giants are trying to win. It's a tough defense they've, they've put together there. Yeah, um, that doesn't fly. So, don't get this. And by the way, using the Pittsburgh excuse. Yeah, Pittsburgh sat Ben, but, you know, I live pretty close to Pittsburgh. I'm around Pittsburgh media. I'm telling you, fans have been calling for Ben Roethlisberger to be benched. He hasn't yeah, been right but, for weeks. And the thing and they for Ben, though, like you said, they sat him at the beginning. But they, well, that and they have a backup they, they, can, they trust. Right. But here's the thing is, <laughs> they didn't, you know, Jalen Hurts was keeping the Eagles in the game. Yes. Rudolph brought the Steelers back. They almost won that game. They didn't yes. pack it away at the end like the Eagles did. Right. They almost won that game. They were a two-point conversion away from tying it in the final yes. couple minutes. Yes. So I don't want to hear that crap. Your coaching, your players may not have given up. Your coaching staff did. Bottom line. Don't try and say, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they still tried to win the game, dude. Yes. They were making a drive late in the game right. with a quarterback they know from last year. I was at the Rand Steelers game last year. I remember that. Okay. Randolph is, is not in any way a quarterback I trust my franchise with, but can he come in for a couple games and do the job? Yeah. And that's what you're looking for in a backup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. But great point, man. You're talking about evaluating. No, the guy you need to evaluate is a guy that's the number two pick guy. Evaluate, is he good enough to be our starter and can carry us down the road? Or is he just the legit? You don't need to see the four-year guy who's been on your team for four years. Come on. Yeah, that's funny. Bottom line. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be back midweek. Buddy Hands will be back this week as well. Gotta get, you know, I got, we got a couple good guys for the Packers who can give us the lowdown. We'll try and bring them on. In the meantime, follow Mike. Mike, are you still one dude 23 or did you change your handle yet? No, I'm still one dude 23. Yeah. Find me at DC Paul. Rams Talk is at Talk Rams on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Find the podcast and where podcasts can be found. In the meantime, we're out of here. Now, great. We're out.